Thank you so much. Thank you, Pastor Tim. And to my family at Moncton Wesleyan, good morning. Good morning. My, my, my. I was scared when I heard the announcements at 1030 saying that church is about one hour. And I said, oh, dear. You should have told me that before I wrote this script. <laughs> but I greet you with divine love and Jesus' joy. Once again, I am ecstatic to be here uh, with my wife and three children, Kesa, Micah, Caleb, and Jordan. They love the junior, they love the children's ministry here and was excited uh, to be here again with you uh, and with us uh, for your hospitality and uh, the beautiful stay in the hotel last night. Thank you so much for the hospitality and the spirit of generosity in this house. Um, realizing the uh, essence of the time, I, 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 I will... I will uh, forego, um, yeah, uh, you know, proto protocol being established. Let's get to the text. Amen. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, I would ask you to turn to 1 Samuel chapter 30. 1 Samuel chapter 30. I know for the summer months, you are in this amazing series on big stories, the big stories of the Bible. And while I was not given a big story, I was given a big character in the person of David. Y'all know David, singing David, dancing David, sinful David, lusting. David, David. David? No? Okay. <laughs> this is a scripture that is um, it's lengthy, and, and you have to give you some context so that I can just retell the story. I'm going to read several verses, uh, and then I'll wake you up right after that. First uh, Samuel chapter 30, this is the word of the Lord. Now it happened that when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day, that's very important, that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag and attacked Ziklag and burned it with fire and had taken captive the women and those who were there from small to great. They did not kill anyone, but carried them away and went their way. So David and his men came to the city, and there it was burned with fire. And their wives, their sons, and their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept, until they had no more power to weep. Go down to verse 8. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them, and without fail, recover all. So David went, he and 600 men who were with him, and came to the book, Bijor, uh, where those stayed who were left behind. But David pursued he and 400 men, for 200 stayed behind, who were so weary that they could not cross the brook. Then they found an Egyptian in the field and brought him to David, and, gave him, and they gave him bread, and he ate, and they let him drink water. Verse 12, And they gave him a piece of cake of figs and two clusters of raisins. So when he had eaten... His strength came back to him, for he had eaten no bread nor drank water for three days. Oh, I'm going to preach this. <laughs> and three nights. Now go down to verse 16. I'm almost done. 
And when he had brought him down, there they were spread out all over the land, eating and drinking and dancing because of all the great spoils which they had taken from the land of the Philistines and from the land of Judah. Then David attacked them from twilight until the evening of the next day. Not a man of them escaped except 400 men who rode on camels and fled. So David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away. And David rescued his two wives. And nothing of theirs was lacking, either small or great, sons or daughters, spoil or anything which they had taken from them. David recovered all. With that scripture in mind, I want to preach this morning on the theme, recovery is in my story. And David recovered all. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be unto God. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. Father, we thank you, we love you, we bless you. Even in this proclamation moment, Father, I pray that your spirit will fall afresh on me, your manservant, that you would stir up the gift of God that is within me. I pray even now that the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts together be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. You're still the reason why we sing. We thank you that recovery is in our story. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Show the amen. Well, my brothers and my sisters in Christ and creation, I stand before you this morning absolutely convinced that someone under the sound of my voice can identify with weak moments. Weak, I heard one, mm-hmm. Weak Weak moments. I know I'm a guest, I'm a visitor, and therefore I should not assume. But might I suggest that all of us might have some weak places. We all have them. We, can you even say it, say it weakly? Weak places. Weak places. What are they? I'm so glad you asked. Places inside of us that make us wonder if we'll ever get it together like the together people. Weak. Places, places that make us feel inadequate and less than, less than victorious, less than courageous, less than a conqueror, less than strong. I'm talking about weak places. And yet I've lived long enough to understand that while my weak places may frustrate me, they will not destroy me because I refuse to resign myself to the thought that I cannot change and I cannot recover. Oh, that's good. When you understand that due to my power, that of my power is within you, that greater is he that's within you than he that's within the world, I said my weak places may frustrate me, but they will not destroy me because not one weapon formed against me shall prosper. Every lying tongue shall be condemned. When you know the power of God that's on the inside, manifesting itself on the outside. You understand that broken things can be restored. Problematic things can be resolved. Twisted things can be reconciled. Used things can be renewed. Lost things can be restored and recovered. Anybody here can take a licking and keep on ticking. And I want to encourage you this morning to understand that my past and our past will not define us. It refines us. Because downtime is prep time for prime time. 
Let me say it this way. If my setback amuse you, my comeback will confuse you. Because God has a way of recovering all. Oh, it's in the text. It's in the text. Where are the people who know they're in recovery? Oh, I know it's not a popular slogan. It's not a popular phrase. But I want to know where are those who are in recovery and not even ashamed to admit that that was then and this is now and that I'm in recovery. God has given me beauty for my ashes and joy for my mourning. And what the enemy meant for evil, God can still work it out for my good. See, you don't have to have all the answers and all the solutions when you're in recovery. You don't have to make suggestions to God. You can stand in your weakness, confidence in his strength. Because his strength is made perfect in weakness. And that in spite of me, God can still use me. Am I talking to anyone this morning? See, you need to get the word on the inside so that it can encourage yourself. I, I love reading through the book of Romans, especially Romans 5, 6, 7, and 8. I love scriptures. And you need to find beautiful verses when you're in an ugly situation. Let me read you some of, of Romans 8 before I get to the text. Romans 8 says, now, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. That sounds like recovery. He said, you once were controlled by your uh, sinful nature, but now you're controlled by the spirit of the living God. That sounds like recovery. Here, if God be for us, who can be against us? That sounds like recovery. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come. Height or any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God. I'm a little excited because I'm in recovery. <laughs> uh, don't let the black suit fool you. I'm in recovery. I'm in recovery. What did you learn through the process? I used to think that victory was an experience. Now I understand victory is a process. Recovery is a process. Because, Pastor Tim, you can hear a great sermon, and you can be inspired by a great message, and you can get a profound prophetic word over your life. But living a victorious life is a process. You don't lay down a blunder and wake up a wonder. It's a process because I found out you can pray over it, shout over it, cry over it, meditate on it, but you got to go through it. In order to be successful. David said, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He didn't say we wouldn't have valleys. But baby, you don't pitch your tent there. You walk through there. See, the problem with the church is that we see through people and don't see people through. Ooh, ting, tweet that. And so, I, I want to talk about recovery because if you don't process, you will never progress. I'm trying to give you some phrases here today. You will understand that my 40-minute sermon is just one-liners. They're just filled with... <laughs> so let's get to the text because I only have 10 minutes left. And in our text, in our text this morning, we find two men who are in recovery. Can you say it with me? Recovery. Two men. One was left for dead and one lost everything. But both were in recovery. Two characters, one on the left side, one on the right side. One was left, that's the left side, 
One did what was right in the Lord's sight. That's the right side. But whether you're on the left or on the right, all of them were in recovery. Because God is not a respecter of persons. He does not show favoritism. He shines on the just and the unjust. And so I heard the Spirit say that everyone in here with an ear ought to hear this is the year of recovery. If you look at the chapters of my life, you would understand that recovery is all in my story. If you flip through the pages, I mean, this is better than the days of our lives. Y'all not here. Y'all not hearing me. And I'm just here to encourage one somebody that this is not your last chapter. This is not your last chapter. Either you believe that he's the author and the finisher of your faith or you're not. And so where life has tried to put a period, God will put a comma and continue to write the story of your life. God will get the glory out of our jacked up story. Yes! Anyway, recovery. Because some of us have fought some good battles and we have the scars to prove it. Some of us still have the wounds that we're living with, the fact that we were in battle. Warfare is a reality for the believer. And David fought a battle with despair. If you read 1 Samuel chapter 30, verses 1 to 6, you understand this is a battle with despair. Imagine, just imagine going home after church today, finding your house on fire. Imagine virtually every possession you own stolen. Imagine your family members being kidnapped. This is exactly what David and his men of battle found the day that they returned. They came back on the third day to a place of rubble. Because they were raided. The raid occurred while David and his men were away. And the settlement was uh, relatively uh, defenseless. The Amalekites were known as the longtime enemy. And the Amalekites had the ability to move in quickly and seemingly disappear. This band of Amalekites, these persistent longtime enemies of the children of Israel, came down to the village, capturing all the men and all the women, sorry, and children for slaves, looting the place and carrying away everything of value and leaving nothing behind but a smoky pile of rubble. David and his men faced another battle. Not all battles are external. Not all chains are visible. Okay, okay, okay. David and his army were consumed with fear and grief. And despair. And the Bible says that they wept until they had no more power to weep. I know you saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Spirit. I know you're faithful members of Wesleyan, of Moncton Wesleyan Church, and the sun always shines in here. I know that there's never a storm, there's never a tidal wave. I understand y'all are blessed and highly favored of the Lord, but Baptist folk know what it is. Baptist folk know what it is that you weep until you have no more tears to weep. That you pray until there's no other words to be uttered. 
I don't know if you ever found yourself in a dark valley that you said it was so dark you could not even feel yourself. You didn't even know where to go. Have you ever cried until there were no more tears to cry? And faced with the reality and the tragedy of their story, the tragedy of losing their family, David's soldiers turned against David and talked about killing him. What? I can identify with David. I told you, I'm a Baptist minister. And there are those that are supposed to be on your team, and they are against you. Oh, Lord. Instead of being with him, they were talking about killing him. Instead of planning a rescue mission and a recovery for their story, they looked for someone to blame the game. I know it amazes me how people will always blame someone for the shame in their game. Why are you looking for someone to blame for the shame in your game? It's useless to look for someone to criticize for the crisis of your life. And instead of finding a scapegoat, why don't you find a solution? Lord, what, what, what? Because when all around is sinking sand, on Christ the solid rock I stand. And when I need a shelter and when I need a friend, I go to the rock. I go to the rock of my salvation, the rock that's higher than I, the rock in a weary land, my shelter in time of storms. And when I'm at rock bottom, he's still the rock at the bottom. I'm glad for us. On Christ the solid rock I can stand. All other ground is seeking sand. I'm glad, beloved, that the Bible says that in the midst of such tragedy in their story, David found strength in the Lord. Verse 6 says this, and David strengthened himself in the Lord. It's not about Lottie Dottie and everybody. Sometimes you have to encourage yourself in the Lord because misery, like company, I'm lonely, you lonely, I'm lonely too. Woo-hoo. Nobody likes me. Everybody hates me. Think I'm going to eat some? Oh, shut up. <laughs> and encourage yourself in the Lord. Say, God, I lift my eyes to thee. No other help I know. This is the day that the Lord has made. I shall rejoice and be glad in it. David found a solution. Why? Because he looked to the rock. He got strength because instead of looking for a scapegoat, he looked for a solution. Anybody can see a problem, but not everybody can look for a solution. And David looked deep inside himself, and there he met the God of his salvation, the God that gave him strength in his weak places. See, everybody else was ready to play the blame game. Everybody else was ready to roll over and die. Everyone else was ready to throw up their hands in defeat. But David strengthened himself in the Lord. I think right here, 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6, I think we find one of the most eloquent buts in the Bible. <laughs> but David strengthened himself. He lost just as much as everyone else but David. Strengthen himself. His wife were taken, his, his wives. Lord, it's one thing to have one wife. Lord, he had two. Uh, and, 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 and by David strengthened himself. I'm not going to say nothing else about that. Um, <laughs> all of his worldly possessions at that moment, he only had the clothes on his back. But David strengthened himself. His property was carried away. His home was a mass of smolding embers. But one thing the enemy could not take 
One thing the Amalekites had not, could not, would not, did not take from him. One thing was his relationship with his God. Your relationship needs to be untouchable. Your relationship ought to be all of the enemy's reach. It ought to be beyond his grasp. Because they can take my house, they can take my family, they can take my clothes, but they will never be able to take my faith. My faith looks up to thee, O Lamb of Calvary. Savior divine, a lot of people know about him and they don't know him. But when you know him, you can strengthen yourself in the Lord. Did you hear it? It's in the Lord. I'm not talking about are you religious because religiosity won't strengthen you. Spirituality will not strengthen you. Your Christianity and your phraseology and your terminology, that will not encourage you. David encouraged himself. In the Lord. I feel bad for the interpreter. Boy, oh boy. I, I, I just, oh, you're doing a marvelous job. Woo! I hope she's a volunteer because you can't pay for that. Amen. <laughs> and she strengthened. He strengthened himself. Let, let me move on. Let me move on. Um, or, or, uh, just pause right there uh, before I move. In order to strengthen yourself, you have to be intentional about that. Don't wait until you get in the storm to have a strong relationship with your God. David was able to go to the rock because he knew the rock. He was built upon the rock. It was a solid rock. It wasn't sinking sand. And so I encourage you today, please understand this was intentional. It was an intentional act. It was a deliberate act, a purposeful act, a prayerful act, a premeditated act was to have quality time with God because he knows the ending from the beginning. And if he called you to it, he will see you through it. So I'm just asking you, Moncton Wesleyan, in this summer season, know your source. Know where your help comes from. Know that he'll give you a peace that passes all understanding. So regardless of the battle, if there are family problems, he can bring wholeness. If there's habitual sin, God can give you victory and deliverance. If there's personal illness and pain, he is a healer by his stripes. Emotionally, mentally, financially, relationally, physically. If there's spiritual dryness, God will bring refreshment spiritually. Know your source. Don't look for a scapegoat. Look for a solution. Because after he encouraged himself in the Lord, he sought direction from the Lord, and the Lord gave an answer. The Lord spoke in verse 8. He said this, pursue, for you shall overtake them, and without fail, you're going to recover all. Oh, man. God gave him what he needed. God told David that he would recover everything. Yeah, yeah you lost everything, but you're going to recover. When you get a word from the Lord, see, it's one thing for me to read the word of God, but you need the word from God. David got a word, and he acted on that word. That's important because faith is so much more than a noun. It's a verb. Faith is not just what I believe. Faith is how I live because of what I believe. Woo! Oh, the just shall live by faith. 
I know I'm talking the Bible, reading people. And so I would encourage you to know what you believe and to understand that my faith is never my question, it's always my answer. There, that was free. So David, David got a word from the Lord, Brother Tim. And David, and the Lord said, pursue, you shall recover it all. He said, all right, man, let's go. Go where? We just came back from battle. Let's go. We got to pursue. We're going to recover all. 600 of them went. Not knowing where they were going, they were going by faith. 600 of them went, went for 15 more miles. Remember, they're already battle-weary. Remember, they're already discouraged. Remember, they are grieving. They are demoralized. And they're less than enthusiastic about following this guy named David. You took us away for three days and look what happened. But for 15 more miles, they got, I tell they got to the brook, Bijor, and 200 of them said, we can't take it anymore. We, we, we are beyond our stretching point. And David said, that's okay. You guys stay here with the equipment. You be our rear guard. We're going to pursue. We're going to go based on what God says. So he left 200 and took the four. And they were going by faith, not knowing where they were going. There was not a sign. They were just walking. Can you imagine trusting God? Can you trust him when you can't trace him? He just said, move. He told Abraham, go to a land I will show you. He told Noah to build an ark when no one heard a rain. He told a virgin, you're going to be, um, yeah. <laughs> you see the problem here? 400 men are following David. They didn't have a dog. They didn't have a footprint. They didn't have a trail. They didn't have a track. But they had faith. And as they moved in faith, the Bible says, and all of a sudden, well, King James said, and it so happened, nothing just happened when it's God orchestrated. And it just happened that an Egyptian slave was in the middle of the wilderness. As we were walking aimlessly, not knowing where we are going to get our next sign from God, all of a sudden, God had this person, this Egyptian slave, this brown man in the middle of a desert. Hmm. Blessings always come in a brown man. <laughs> I couldn't resist. That's not in my notes. But anyway, it just so happened I'm here. <laughs> In the middle of your wilderness. And verse 11 says that they found this Egyptian in the field and they brought him to David. And they gave him bread and guess what? He ate. And they gave him drink and guess what? <laughs> he started drinking. They gave him cake of figs and they gave him cluster of grapes. This man was no fool. He was in the wilderness for three days. He didn't have food to eat for three days. And recovery is in his story. This slave was left by the Amal uh, Amalekites. They left him for dead in the wilderness. Why? I'm so glad you asked. The Amalekites left him for dead because they did not value his life. They considered uh, that it would be more economically beneficial to leave the slave in the field than to give him medical treatment and to heal him and restore him. What? It's more beneficial for us to leave him than to help him? Hmm. There's a word for people who've been left. Because everyone doesn't see your worth. 
Some people won't fight for you until you recover. Oh, God, y'all not hearing me. There's a word for those who've been dropped and dumped and dismissed and discarded and left for dead. Don't you ever tie the meaning of your existence. Don't you ever tie the value of your life to the opinions of others. Don't allow others to predict and plan and talk about your future because your meaning, your value, and your significance are not to be determined by them but by him. Lord, y'all not hearing me? I'm here to tell you that my value does not decrease based on your inability to see my worth. My value does not decrease based on your inability to see my worth. What? Your inability does not determine my identity. When people see you as useless, God sees you as useful. When people see you're a great mess, God sees you're a great mess. You're not hearing me. This man was left for dead. He was considered dead, they were, they, but, 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 but God kept him alive. Please don't miss that. I'm almost finished. God kept him alive, although others counted him dead. God kept him alive. What did God do? I'm so glad you asked. God kept the vultures away, the lions and the bears away, the wolves and the snakes away. God will keep your enemies Whoa. I'm here to tell you that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And I wonder, is there anyone here this morning who's not ashamed to testify that some people dropped you, some people dumped you, some people discarded you, but God kept you. God kept you alive till you encourage yourself. God kept you alive. Hey, he kept me. Lord, have mercy. I'm glad he kept me. I'm alive today because God kept me. I'm standing before you today because he kept. Woo! I'm alive today and it's only because of his grace. His mercy kept me and I can't let go. He kept me from every prey. He kept me from being prey. He kept me from opportunistic people who wanted to take advantage of my vulnerability. God protected me. And being left for dead doesn't mean you're going to die. Being left for dead doesn't mean you're going to die. So, so I know we talked about David, but let's talk about this Egyptian. We have to learn from him too because he could have been so scared who are these people? He could have been so paranoid and suspicious. Here's the word. Don't allow past wounds to cause you to shun present kindness. Don't allow past wounds to cause you to shun, avoid, neglect, ignore present kindness. That was then. This is now. Remember, recovery is in your story. Because you can be so suspicious of people, I won't be hurt again, that you build walls to protect yourself. But those walls will keep you out and keep people out. Am, am I making sense? You can be so suspicious. Well, what you mean? Okay, let me break it down for you. Your suspicion, you're, you're, you're suspicious of a new love because an old love broke your heart.
you're suspicious of, of, of this pastor because a former pastor did you wrong. You won't get involved in this church because the members of an old church, oh, okay, I got, okay, I have no, no help. You can't lose your mind over the one that left you. You're going to need your mind for the one that's coming to you. Oh, Lord. You can't lose your mind over the job that let you go because you're going to need your mind for the business opportunities that God is going to open for you. This is the year of recovery. This man said, you're going to give me something to eat? I'm going to eat. You're going to give me something to drink? I'm going to drink. Where's the grapes? Where's the figs? Where's the wine? Oh, no, y'all Wesleyan. Um, because God will bring the right people at the right time into your right space and give you the right grace. Lord, while well, you say God has a way of bringing the right people at the right place. Yes, yes, some people were a part of your history and they're not a part of your destiny. You have to learn how to compartmentalize. Everyone in your life is not for the whole journey. And so if they don't know your story, they can't participate in the glory. Lord, what he said, I said, you're, some were just in your situation and in that location, but they won't be in the destination. Uh, even Abraham, when he took Isaac, uh, not Isaac, yeah, Abraham took Isaac up the mountain. What did he say? No, y'all can't come. Stay with the asses. Sometimes you got to tell people, stay with the asses. I got to go. I got Bible for it. It's in the Bible, Tim. It's in the Bible. I'm just quoting the Bible. I'm quoting the Bible. Stay with the asses. Because you're a part of my history, but you're not a part of my destiny. God is taking me on a new journey. It's a journey of recovery. Because God is going to bring people in your life that's going to help you smile again. God's going to bring people in your life that's going to help you believe again and trust again. You're going to live again. I'm talking to somebody. God gave me this word to say the Amalekites cruelly left him, but God's people found him and loved him back to life and destiny. Moncton Wesleyan, if there's an anointing on your life, it's simply this. Love God's people back to life and destiny. If you're going to be a place of recovery, they should come in here broken, but you love them back to life. The enemy will leave them, but you will find them and love them back to life. Tell somebody we're in recovery. We are in recovery. And you have to be careful how you treat people. You need to treat everybody with dignity and respect no matter how insignificant they seem because you never know who God's going to use to help you or hunt you. This man was used to help David, but hunt the Amalekites. And, and, and if you, after David gave him the food, the drink, the cake, David said, well, who is this man anyway? So they brought him to David, and David said, um, who are you? He said, oh, I'm an, I'm an Egyptian slave. Oh, Really? Where you come from? Oh, I was with the Amalekites. Oh, really? And what were you doing? Oh, we set a city on fire. Oh, really? Oh, we took their wives and their children. Read the text. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything in their houses we have. Uh, really? <laughs> Sometimes you have to smile on the outside. 
And I understand that God will bring the right people at the right time. See, there's a difference between friends and frenemies. Anyway, I'm moving on because, oh, my time is definitely up. Okay, okay. So, so um, the Egyptian, um, so when, when this Egyptian, when he understood that he had been saved and not enslaved, he understood recovery is in my story. He got his strength back. And the Bible says that when he got his strength back, he said, I can take you to them. I know exactly where they are. Because David responded by God's word, pursue, you shall recover. They went in faith, not knowing where they were going. But all of a sudden, it so happened that an Egyptian was there. The very one that was the frenemy became the friend. And took them right to the enemy. And the Bible says, in verse 18, see how quickly I'm done? In verse 18, it says that at twilight, verse 17 to 20, at twilight, just before light breaking into day, it is said that David attacked the Amalekites in the early morning, and the battle continued all through the night. And God was faithful to his promise of verse 8, that you shall recover all. Because in verse 18 and 19, it says, and David recovered all. All. Nothing of theirs is lacking. David recovered all. I'm here to tell someone, uh, it's never too late for recovery. It's never too late for a new beginning. It's never too late to serve the enemy notice and tell them, I'm back. I'm back. You thought you crushed me. You thought you destroyed me. You thought you eliminated me. But guess what, devil? I'm back. And Moncton Wesleyan, I don't care how much you've lost. I don't care how long you've been gone. I don't care what you fell into. I don't care what was taken away from you. If God brought you to it, he will see you through it. You need to tell every neighbor, I'm back. I'm back from distraction. I'm back from destruction. I'm back from frustration and depression. I'm I'm back. I'm back from being broke, busted, and disgusted. I'm back from being alone and afraid, broken, bruised, and betrayed. I'm back from loneliness. I'm back from craziness. I'm back from barrenness. I'm back from laziness and sadness. I'm pursuing greatness. I'm back. Follow that if you can. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. And since I'm back, I'm taking my joy back. I'm taking my peace back. I'm taking my identity back. I'm taking my, come on, tell somebody back. Love back. Family back. Everything the enemy took from me, God has given me back. Woo! I need somebody in here to say, I'm back. Say it, I'm back. Oh, he should have killed me when he had me. But now that I'm here, woo, two minutes and I'm done. I'm back, I'm back, I'm back. So let's recap, let's recap, let's recap. Tim, what happened, what happened? They went to war and on the third day, on the third day, everything was destroyed. They went in pursuit. And they found a man that for three days, don't remember the numbers, for three days and three nights, no food, but God restored him. And then they got everything back. Well, you know what? They took everything. They took everything and went back, the 400 of them, 
And then they got to the brook, Pastor Tim, and there was the 200 people still there. And those that took everything and came back shouting victory, they said, we're back, we're back. And the 200 started shouting, you're back, you're back. And they said, give us our stuff. And they said, wait, 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 um, um, I took my stuff. You weren't there. You were the rear guard. You stayed here at the brook. You were tired. You were weak. Wait, wait, wait. God gave all of us recovery. Don't you get your breakthrough and allow this one to still be broke. I don't care if you're the 400 or the 200. We're all on the same because some are on the front line, some are on the rear line. Y'all not hearing me. David got an attitude. You need to read the rest of the story. My time is up. David said, how dare you, 400, forget what the Lord has done. We didn't do it. It was in his strength. Instead of looking for a scapegoat, look to the solution. And God recovered everything. David made, David made a law that day. David said, everybody on God's team is in recovery. And I'm here to tell you, I just retired. That's why my hair is like this. I had to cut it for 20 years, but now I'm in recovery. And, 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 and so I said to the admiral, I'm growing my hair, sir. God saved the queen. And, 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 but I understand that as a, cap, as a lieutenant commander in the Navy, that, that everyone under me was a part of the team. We all served on the same ship together. Not everyone was at the helm. Some were down in the engine room. Y'all not hear me. Some were in the galley serving the meals, but we all were on the team, on the ship together. Man, I tell you, Monks and Wesleyan, not everyone's on the stage. Some are in the pew, but we're all on the team together. Not everyone has a mic. Some have a computer, but we're all on the team together. Not everybody is teaching the children. Some are just checking the children in, but we're all on the team. Oh, y'all not hear me. Not everybody gets to be on the inside. Some are out in the parking lot on the outside, but we're all on the team together. I don't care if you're an administrator, a secretary, a tech, a light person. We're all on the team together. This may look glamorous, but we need the whole ship to work in order for us to be in recovery. I, am I making sense in here? So they got the message. They got the message, and they all went back to their burnt city. And they went back home with all their possessions. And they went back with their two wives and children. But there was no more roots. There was no more roots. There was not a house nor a home. And the Bible says they stayed there for two days. Because he was sending somebody on the third day. They were back in Ziklag. But they didn't have any roots there because God had a place there. Oh, what? We returned here, but God said, uh-uh, I have a place there. I'm a rewarder to you. Look what God will do. They stayed there for two days licking their wounds. I thought we were in recovery. I thought we should be celebrating. But And on the third day, this man ran into the camp with his clothes torn. Well, this is not in 1 Samuel chapter 30. No, this is in 2 Samuel chapter 1. Another chapter over. When you think you're at the end, God is at the beginning. 
I'm not in 1 Samuel chapter 30. I'm now in 2 Samuel chapter 1. And the Bible says, and on the third day, this young man ran in and said to David, uh, David, David, you can't stay here. Well, yes, this is home. No, you've got no roots here. David, you can't stay here. Why? Why can't I stay here? God recovered us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But David, but David, Saul died in battle. Jonathan died in battle. We need you to be king. What do you mean you need me to be king? I can't leave my home. My home. My. Oh, you got a palace? Tell somebody recovery. Do you see how God will set you up? God will close a door and open a door. Y'all better read Revelation. He will open a door that no man can close. He will close doors that no man can. That's a sign that I'm over time. Can I just this? I think So as I go to my seat, because mama didn't raise no food, that's a disconnection. <laughs> and when there's a disconnection, God will give you a greater connection. Tell somebody three days. For three days, they came back and found nothing. Then they found a slave for three days. And when they returned to nothing, God sent somebody else in three days. And I want you to know, Moncton Wesleyan Church, that in the next three, I don't know if it's in the next three hours, I don't know if it's in the next three days, the next three weeks, or the next three months, but God told me that he's going to honor three in this church. And that I'm here to tell you I'm not a fake prophet, but I'm here to decree and declare that there is significance in the number of three. And God is saying, this is your year year of recovery. Tell somebody three. I wouldn't be a good Baptist if I didn't tell you about three because Noah had three sons. This is my last page. So y'all better get ready. Noah had three sons. Job had three daughters. The Ark of the Covenant had three objects. Tell somebody three. Oh, you got to say it like you want me to end. <laughs> David uh, bowed down to Jonathan three times. Uh, Daniel prayed three times a day. Uh, Israelite men had to go to Jerusalem three times. Uh, tell somebody three. In the wilderness, Jesus was tempted three times by the enemy. Uh, Paul had three shipwrecks. Uh, the Hebrews, after they crossed the river, he said, sanctify yourselves because the next three days, oh Lord, you're not hearing me. In the New Testament, Jesus said, this temple I will destroy and rise up in three days. Esther said, fast with me for three days. Uh, Abraham took his son to the mountain on the third day. Uh, I'm here to tell you on one day. He hung, bled, and died. Second day, placed in the tomb. But on the third day, God up with all power in his hands. Can anybody believe that the gospel is all about three? One for the Father, one for the Son, one for the Holy Ghost. Tell somebody, recovery is in my story. Recovery is in my story. Look what the Lord has done. I challenge you as we stand all over the house. I'm coming back to the heart of worship as we stand all over the house. How did David enter into recovery? It was first things first. He strengthened himself in the Lord. If you really want this to be your year of recovery, 
If you really want God to give you beauty for your ashes and joy for your mourning and reverse the curse and to break the yoke, do what David did. It worked for him. It will work for us that we have to strengthen ourselves in the Lord. Don't pursue his hand. Pursue his face. Don't pursue the blessing. Pursue the blesser. Don't pursue your healing. Pursue the healer. Because he's not like man that he can lie. Come on, it's the Father's good pleasure to give us the keys to the kingdom. Moncton Wesley, and as you stand to your feet, I'm here to say good back to the heart of worship. If you're in battle, if you're in grief, if you're in depression, if you're in sorrow, say, Lord, I'm going to strengthen myself. That this will be my year of recovery. Everybody in here needs an ear to hear that this year is recovery. Can you lead us in? I'm coming back to the heart of worship. I hope that was fire for you, bomb fire for you. I'm coming back to the heart of worship where it's all about you. Let's sing it together.